So I feel like I did internalize that early on and I have tried to work extra hard and overcompensate and prove myself. And I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Like it's a good thing I've worked hard and doing well academically and so forth. But <laughs> but um, the reasons for that were not good, you know, and um, I think I've had to unpack that, but also because I've also received that anti-blackness from other black people who've accused me of not being black enough or trying to act white because I don't know. I, I, I don't really know what they mean to be honest. I, I have an idea. I think it might be because I, I, I might not sound black or I, I like to use big words. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. up guys welcome to another episode of the bias reality podcast it is your host Orwell, and on today's episode i have with me two new faces i also have one returning guest you guys are gonna remember him go on guys introduce yourselves tell us who you are what do you do my name is priska what else would they like to know about me who are you it's priska oh who am i my name is priska i am a student i study law so i'm gonna be a lawyer soon um yeah i i have a lot of opinions about things i like theorizing like thinking really deeply interesting yeah and uh daisy what about you oh hi i'm daisy um i'm a person who loves helping people so i guess that's just that and also i'm a student at uc studying double degree in business management and communications and media and also, um, I work in politics. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I, CV, to, I, I also study political science, but I don't tell people that. <laughs> Why don't you tell people that? <laughs> because it's not that interesting. It is. I don't, I don't know. I feel like when I first started my political science degree, I was really political. What um, changed? Because they just became old and jaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, and well, I you guys are... get to that stage. I, <laughs> You guys already know Dosin, but I'm gonna let him introduce himself again. Wow. Okay. Hey, it's Dosin. Um, good friend of the uh, podcast, and I'm pretty excited to be here again. Um, but do I, do I need to give myself like a little spiel as well? Or no, it's all right. they don't don't kind of... oh, I do. Okay. Thank you. That's it. Anyway, so today, wow. Okay, baby. <laughs> Look, sell your market, man. Let it not be said that I stopped Thurston from selling his market. Who knows? You could find your wife on here. No, 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 no. I let it sit like this. I let it sit like this. Maybe more will come out later. Who knows? Slide down. Well, moving on then. So today, um, we're just going to be discussing, you know, the concept of blackness in Australia and you're just talking about what it means to be black here and that whole idea of performative blackness and you know basically this whole idea that you have to act a certain way to be black and if you don't then you're not black enough Mm -hmm. um I also wanted to like go into like you know the whole concept of belonging as well Mm -hmm. and just you know because for a lot of people here sure you might you might even fit into that whole stereotypical being black in Australia but then you go back to your home country and they're just like 
you're not, you're, 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 you're too whitewashed or whatever. All right, so I just want to start off in like, you know, before we get into the main discussion, I just want to know, basically, from your experience, what's it like to be black in Australia? I think that for me, being black in Australia and being African-Australian has been quite isolating because I feel like um, a lot of the time I've been the only or one of the few black people in a lot of the spaces I've occupied. Um, When I was in primary school, I was one of the only black students other than my sisters who also went to school with me. It was the same in high school and also now at university, although it's a bit better now, I think. Um, So I think I've always been conscious of the fact that I am black. Um, And yeah, I've always been conscious of the fact that I'm black. I've always sort of stood out, but at the same time, while I've always stood out, I've always felt kind of invisible you know, I think, um, I can't remember who said this, but they talk about this dual hypervisibility and invisibility. And I think that has definitely been my experience of being black in Australia. What about you? What about you, Daisy? That's interesting. Daisy, what about you? Mm, that is interesting. Well, mm. I'm coming from a place where I had to be accused of being not black. I had to be accused of not being black for me to be able to, like, take a step back and redefine what it means for me to be a black person in Australia. And what did that definition come to? Well, it's like just accepting who I am as a person, um, just accepting that I am different and, you know, I do have a, I have, I will have different experiences to my friends who are white. I will have different experiences to my friends who are, who look white but are not white. And it was just one of those things where, like, you know, accepting my experiences for what they were but also rebuilding the on, on the experiences. So it was like I was going from, like, a college kid who was surrounded by, like, a lot of white people, did everything that was, like, mainly, you know, with white people and all other culture, like, minorities as well, but... It was never around black people. I never even knew that there was there were black people in Canberra other than my brother and myself and probably like two other people that I knew. Mm. Um, and then it came to, as I got out a bit more, I got to university. That's when I realised there were actually a lot of black people in Canberra that I didn't know of. And it was just the fact that I sort of like was not aware that I was not living in my you know, black self in a way. It was like I wasn't aware until I got to invest. I was like, oh, wow, like I'm the only one that's hanging out with, you know, other minorities other than black. I'm outside of my friends. I'm the only black person. And it wasn't until I started branching out into hanging out with more black girls and more. that's when I met a lot of other black people. And that's when I sort of became comfortable with being myself, but also it was very hard being around them because I didn't know they would do, they would act and do everything themselves. Like, you know, they act African, they do, you know, they laugh and talk about, you know, their life as Africans and stuff. I didn't know how to be like that. So I never felt like I belonged in that area either. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a very hard adjustment Mm -hmm. going into university. I even like stopped going to university because I just felt like it was, it was the place where I was like, I, don't fit in anywhere. I don't fit in wow. with my black people. And I don't feel like 
you know, I have to stay in this box of like, you know, my minorities that I hang out with or my pe- white people that I hang out yeah. with. So, I mean, like, until then, taking a step back from university and then sort of working with some black people around Canberra as well, that's when I started feeling more comfortable and more comfortable within myself and then sort of built that as Daisy is a black person and that's okay and, mm. you know, it's okay to have black friends doesn't make you gangster or anything like that. And <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was very hard like to build upon it because it was like, you know, the only black people you went home to were like your family. And then when you're out, everything is like, you feel like you're acting more white than ever. Like a lot of people are like, Oh wow. Like you're the whitest black person I've met. Oh like, yeah. I can relate. <laughs> it's like, you're the whitest black person I've ever met. I'm like, I don't know if that's a compliment or that's an insult, but like it became an insult, like as yeah. as I got older. But mm-hmm. I was like, when I was eighteen, I'm like, I'm confused. Like, how can I be white and black at the same time? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been a rocky experience yeah. growing up in a community where it's all white people, and then having to sort of step out and realize you are a black person in yeah. the community. And we are going to go deeper into that um, whole concept of belonging. But um, before we go- move to Tosin, um, you did mention like your experience has been like, you know, from the perspective from Canberra. Mm. You also mentioned, um, you know, the experiences you had from primary school mm-hmm. to high school to uni. Is that um, in Canberra as well? Or was that from like different parts of Australia? Yeah. So I'm from Brisbane. I moved to Canberra five years ago for uni. Um, I think when I first moved to Canberra, I didn't know that many African people. I think the first time I realized that there were a lot of African people in Canberra was when I went to Monkey Bar. I know that sounds really bad. <laughs> wow. The first time wow. I went to Monkey Bar, I saw all these Africans. Wow. And I was like, this is where all the Negroes are at. Right? Uh, the irony. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's where I made a lot of my African friends, to be honest. In Canberra monkey at Monkey Bar. Oh, oh man! <laughs> oh man! Monkey Bar, United Africans. Honestly. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's re- that's really interesting. <laughs> mm. But I'm touching. So, in from your perspective yeah. here, so you, like you're going to be able to give us like again, you spent your childhood, you know, in the UK, and then you've moved to yeah. Europe, so you can like give us that whole um different perspective and of like you know. Blackness in Australia plus compared to blackness in the UK and also, you know, yeah. in Sydney compared to um, Brisbane and Canberra. Like, what was it? What's it like being black? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, um, so I was basically born and raised in the UK. I only moved here in 2006 or seven. Um, so in the UK, I don't know. Like, it's, I never really, I, it's, I, I've never really felt my color. Um, I come from South East London, South Peckham area. So, um, um, yeah, just a lot of Africans and, um, you know, people from the Caribbean, um, very, very multicultural place. I never really thought my color, um, at all because all my friends would just be a whole bunch of different nationalities, but we never really discriminated each other. We were really young at the time as well. So we never really, um, had that real discrimination between, you know, this is a black person, white person, whatever. Um. And then when I moved to um, Australia, um, I first actually moved, we moved to, we were in Gosford when we first got here. Mm. And um, yeah, that was a big, that was a very, very big, like, that was, a, that was probably the first time I really felt like, okay, I'm really, really different. 
because the way we moved to like there were literally barely any minorities. Um, like uh, some of the kids thought that I was Aboriginal when I first came. I didn't even know what Aboriginal was when I first got here. <laughs> <laughs> like, so they were asking me, like, are you Aboriginal? I was like, what's that? And it's like, <laughs> it's like okay, what's going on? Um, so definitely, like, that's when I really felt my colour here because even on the playground, the little kids would, like, look at me and be like, oh. Like, just, it's just such a stark difference from, you know, your normal Anglo-white Australian to, yeah. you know, black, black, African boy. So, um, but... But then when we moved to Sydney, um, I would definitely say things for me in terms of feeling my blackness. I never really, I mean, I don't know if it's a weird thing to say, but I never really looked at it as a deficit much at all. Um, I'd probably attribute that to the fact that um, my parents were, because um, I feel like a lot of people, their stories, like um, they maybe are a bit ashamed of their blackness and then maybe they come to like a resolution with time, realizing you know their heritage and everything. But um, definitely because we had a very strong um, Nigerian community in the UK, and then when we came to Sydney, that Nigerian community, we kind of found that again. And um, also added to that, I lived in a place called Auburn, which is like, mm. uh, and if you were in Sydney, that's a place where if you saw a white person, that would go be like out of place if they were in Auburn. <laughs> so it, like it was kind of um, like I, I always knew, like I was always kind of braced up um, with my language, and I lived in Nigeria for some time. That being black and African was a big positive for me. So I kind of always looked at it as a strength from a young age or something yeah. I contribute with my parents and my family. Um, but definitely in terms of feeling like blackness, I definitely just did feel like blackness when I first got to um, yeah, Gosford in, in Australia. But um, over time, and even through university, like, I think I just, as soon as I got into high school, because even in high school I had I had black friends, white friends, everything, because I, I lived in um, Pakistan, which is where I currently reside right now. And um, like, yeah, there are a lot of Australians, but it's, a pretty multicultural place as well. So um, even going into university, I kind of had like a nice space of, I kind of had an identity of what I was um, and um, kind of knew the kind of people that I was moved with. Um, I guess it kind of culminated into like a thing where normally I kind of hang out with people who, and um, relate people who kind of understand my experiences. Um, I do, it's, I, I like I like having a lot of people, They I, I find like a lot of black people, sometimes they have problems with um kind of Australian, white Australians, because um, I guess the way that we've been raised and our um, kind of our morals and not only morals, but kind of kind of our, the things that we expect like with our childhood and everything are, can be quite different mm. compared to, but then, you know, if you talk to like maybe an Indian or like a Asian, again, very broadly terming, like Indian, Asian, even some like Eastern Europeans, they have kind of similar um, upbringings to me. So, um, but yeah, I don't, um, but I guess as an overall like arching thing, like yeah, with, with my blackness, definitely felt it when I got to Australia. Um, but it, I won't say that it was something that I kind of looked at as a hindrance at any point, which is something I'm pretty great. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's that's pretty good. Um, my experience as well is very similar to yours because you know, spent like the first what twelve years of my life in Nigeria, where I never for one second needed to think about my color because everybody around me was the mm-hmm. same. Everybody mm-hmm. around me was black. Um, if you saw a white person, it was like, the fuck? <laughs> but, um, and then moving to Australia, I think. So we first moved to Australia, we're in Sydney for like literally two months. And then we moved to this little country town in like regional New South Wales, middle of nowhere, like fucking like a white central. We were literally the only black people in the whole town. So that was like, okay, mm-hmm. nobody here looks like me. 
everybody here is very mm. different. And especially being in like a country town, it's not just the fact that, you know, they're different culturally, but then even in terms of like all the other white people, they're still different as well because like, you know, they're more like, <laughs> it's a town of like, you know, farmers and all of this. So they're, they're, they're very different. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, For someone who has lived in a city my whole life, even when I lived in Nigeria, you know, I've always lived in the city. So now I'm in like, you know, this country, mm. it's like literally everybody's different to me. So I guess that was when I, I then realized, hey, you know, I am black. Like these people do not, like they've mm. never met a, a black person talkless of a Nigerian. So it's like, <laughs> like they, they didn't understand anything about me. And I guess, yeah, that's when I first, you know, realized, okay, shit, I'm different. And then move, moving back to Sydney, like we're there for just like a year and then moved back to Sydney and it was more of a, like there was that whole black community, but it was just a church. <laughs> so like six days a week, I'm around white people. Cause like school, I remember when I first started like school, I was the only black guy there. Like my, there were like a handful of black girls, like, you know, my sister and a couple other people, but I was the only black guy in the whole school. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, it was very different because like white people, sometimes they can be very, very ignorant. And it's like, you know, you get, you get like asked questions about like, you know, not even ask questions. Like there's just this assumptions based on how you should be because they've seen X and what, you know, X and Y in the, in the movies. And I had so many people just assuming that I was American mm-hmm. simply because I was black. <laughs> Nothing yeah. to do with how I acted. <laughs> it was just the fact that it's a black person. You must be African American, mm-hmm. not African, African American. I had to like, you know, keep correcting people that, Hey, I'm not African American. Like I haven't had people like refer to me as African American because they didn't want to say the word black because they thought it was racist. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the word black. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, nah, dude, it's more it's black. more offensive calling me African American exactly. because I'm not African American. <laughs> mm, yeah, so I guess um, yeah. <laughs> like the the early days, you know, that was where I was just like, okay, that was when I didn't realize. Look, at the end of the day, I am black. I am different from these people, mm-hmm. and you know that experience. Like even when you then when I then started to meet, like you know other black people and like, you know, um, started like, you know, started talking to more black people, like again, different like experiences because, you know, there, there were like some black people who were like, you know, born here and da 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 And to them, it's like, you know, you're still fresh or whatever. So you're not like, <laughs> you're not Australian enough, I guess. But um, then there was, there was like the other community where it's like, you know, we're all black. Like again, us boys, like, We've, I've known you guys for like a very long time and that was where it was more like, you know, we could like just be ourselves and, you know, just express our blackness however the fuck we wanted around each other. So, and so I guess that was like, you know, that was one of the good experiences with Sydney because there's just like, it's like he has a diverse um, group of black people. So there, you know, you're going to find, I guess, somewhere to fit in, even though it's not like, you know, with the majority, there's, you know, somewhere that you do fit in. So like, that was my experience. But I'm um, moving on as well. Like we've spoken about our experiences as um black people in Australia, like what it like what it felt like when we first, you know, came. But um there's also again that whole thing of not being black enough for your own people. Is that something that you guys have experienced? Mm-hmm. Mm, I, I think I can start here. Um like in terms of not being black enough for maybe in the Nigerian community, uh Again, I'm a bit of a fortunate um, position because um, what happened was I'm this um, between 2004, wait, 2002, 2004. Um, I lived in Nigeria with my grandmother, and she didn't speak any English at all. 
So, you know, when you're a small boy and you're like, you know, I'm hungry, they, you can't only say I'm hungry, I'm hungry so many times. My grandma will look at me like, what do you say? They so, <laughs> forced me to learn that. <laughs> so, um, but like, I can definitely, like, I would say for me personally, I felt it, but I've definitely seen, I'm, I, it gets actually, I actually get pretty frustrated when I see it happen to a lot of the other kids around me that are in the community who are maybe the parents or the older people will be will specifically be like, oh, you're just, um, you know, I don't know, like, oh, you boy, you guys are just, um, you guys are just white, you guys are true Nigerians. Um, I don't, I, again, I didn't really cop it much because I learned the language, so they, um, you know, they couldn't really, anything they would say, like, I don't know what they were saying, and I didn't respond back to them as well. So it was kind of, um, it was like, ah, oh, your parents did very well with you. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But um, definitely, like, even my little brother experienced a lot where um, people would be like, oh, you're not, you're not black enough, you're not African enough, um, you know, why don't you speak the language, why don't you eat this, why don't you, you know, and these things um, have been, like, a bit of a negative pressure onto people like my little brother and other kids that I've seen in the community because, um, you know, as you say these things, it doesn't really, you know, I mean, from their point of view, it might be fine, it might be kind of encouraging, but it can be really kind of um, like a negative pressure from um, the, the youth that are maybe feeling they're not, that, that, they don't have that sense of identity. And then if you go into like the person who actually knows a lot about the culture you're from, and even they're saying that you're not good enough or whatever, you're kind of isolating the, the person like a lot more. Yeah. And that's something that I've been, I've seen quite a lot and I've, I always try to be very vocal against it. Like, you know what, instead of making fun of the kid when he has to say something in the language or when he asks a question, you know, actually educate them, you know, um, just calmly help them, don't laugh at them and things like that because I, I feel like it's a big thing now where, you know, even I can say a lot of Nigerians don't know much about, you know, their heritage, which yep, is pretty sad 100%. But um, yeah, no, that's a definitely a very good point because even Cornelius did speak about that one time where he said like when he was first learning the language, um, he met, he saw like a Nigerian lady, like you know an Igbo lady, and he was like, oh hey, perfect time to like you know try to like, talk to her in the language, and she basically just turned around and said, look, just speak the English that you know. <laughs> but um, I have a question for you, Tosin. Like, how old were you when you moved to, when you moved back to Nigeria? Like the two years that you spent in Nigeria. I think ah, uh, this is I, I should know this stuff like, like legit. I, I'm mathematics is not my strong point, but I think I was um like legit. This is so, so bad. Hey, let's get some good. My brother was like one or two, so I would have been about six, six to eight or nine probably. And how? I mean, I would. Yeah, six to nine. That's a big range. No, no, I mean, like, no, 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 no. I would have been in Nigeria from like the age of like six to seven and then left around eight or nine. That's what I'm going to say. That makes more sense. But um, in that in that situation here, like moving from, so you moved from the UK to Nigeria and then Nigeria to Australia, right? Um, um, From the UK to Nigeria, then back to the UK and then to Australia. Yeah. So, that, like, at that age, yeah, obviously you'd be, like, relating with, like, you'd be trying to, like, you know, play with other kids and da 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 What was the experience with those oh. kids, considering you're, like, you know, you're this a black kid from a whole different country? Yeah. Oh, okay. I would, for that, like, you know, I would say crap and people would, like, laugh at me and stuff. But, um, yeah, I was very stubborn child, so I'd always just be like, oh, you're laughing at me. I'm going to learn how to say this language better than you. Like, I was a very stubborn kid, but... Definitely when I first... Huh? Nothing, nothing. Keep going. (laughs) But yeah, definitely. um, 
in Nigeria when I first got there, yeah, I did. I, I don't know. It was more like I thought I found it pretty fun as well. But maybe in some ways, maybe it was a form of bullying. I don't know. But um, I mean, I just have a very warped view of the world. I don't know. <laughs> but um, like yeah, when I first got when I was, I remember specifically like a lot of kids would be like, "What you're saying is really weird." Um, you know. But then they make fun of me in the language, which would encourage me to learn it more. Sort of. So um, I looked at it as a lot of fun because even though they were making fun of me, they were still inviting me up to go and do stuff. It wasn't like big, it wasn't like ostracizing, isolating me. It was just making fun of my specific traits and stuff, and me being some person I would make fun back and stuff. So it felt a bit like banter. Um, and I, maybe I was a bit too, maybe I was young enough when I was kind of like shielded from yeah. what that kind of actually been. Um, maybe that's why I look at it with, like, with a lot of positivity. Like, I feel like that experience helped me learn the language a lot quicker as well. So. Mm. No, that's good. What about you guys? Um, have you had um, those experiences where, like, even in a situation where, for example, you know, in Australia, like, you're a black person, so among the white people, where that, like, it doesn't matter how much you're around them, you're still a black person, right? Mm-hmm. But then I don't know if you guys have, like, you know, traveled back to your home country and then, you know, you then have them over there making fun of you because, you know, you're too you know, westernized. I haven't been back to my home country. Um, I'm Ugandan and South Sudanese, by the way. Um, but I have sort of experienced that, that those accusations of not being black enough by people here in Australia, yeah. by other African-Australian people. But also with that, I've also had white people and, and other non-black people tell me that I don't act black. Like one time in high school, I had a boyfriend who was white and he was like, you're really smart for a black girl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we broke up, don't worry. Like, I, uh, I didn't that. I'm punching, I'm punching the air right <laughs> now. I'm punching the air right now. I'm like, damn. You're, you're, re- you're really smart for a black he girl. He did. Uh, he said that. and Four I think- <laughs> Four. <laughs> And I think um, with that kind of thing, I think I have internalized a lot of that um, anti-blackness early on. Like there are misconceptions about people, about black people that, you know, we're not as intelligent or we're not as hardworking stuff, things like that. So I feel like I did internalize that early on and I have tried to work extra hard and overcompensate and prove myself. And I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Like it's a good thing I've worked hard and doing well academically and so forth. Oh, shit. But <laughs> but um the reasons wow. for that were not good. You know. And um I think I've had to unpack that, but also because I've also received that anti-blackness from other black people who've accused me of not being black enough or trying to act white because I don't know, I I, I don't really know what they mean, to be honest. I, I have an idea. I think it might be because I, I, I might not sound black or I, I like to use big words. I, I don't I don't know what it is. Because, um, you know, apparently we, we, we don't have words back in Africa, you know. I know. Like, like, We're talking one syllable. <laughs> I don't know. And I, it really irritates me when I hear that kind of stuff from other black people because it's like do you, you do realise the implication, right? The implication is that you think that black people are not smart, mm. that they shouldn't use big words or they they shouldn't do x y z and that that you're insulting yourself really if by participating and you know perpetuating that sort of stuff yeah so that's been my experience 
No, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that as well. That whole idea of like you know those things that you have to do to be black, and you know mm-hmm. again the whole performative blackness. Mm. Well, um, before we go to that, Daisy, what about you? I definitely can relate into um, well, like I haven't been back, but I had the same same experience as well of like moving from Essex to outside London, where like you know there's less black people, and then moving from that to Australia, where there was absolutely no black people as well. And that was more, I became more of like, you know, who's around me, you know, pe- what people say, like you become your company, your surroundings. Or mm. So I became just like a black kid, but like one of the white kids, we just, the skin was different. Yeah, The skin was the only thing that was different between us. And I still, up to today, don't feel like I belong within my people, like Zimbabwean people, don't accept me in their own circles because I don't act black enough for them. I don't act Zimbabwean enough for them. Like half the time they speak Zimbabwean and they speak Shona (laughs) (laughs) and Debele and all that. And um, they play all this music. They have all these dances they do from, they claim they're from Zimbabwe. I, I don't know. They claim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, they claim. I just don't think they can dance. What? That's another story. <laughs> Daisy wow. calling people out. But like, Damn. because I, like, I don't understand any of that or relate to any of that. It's like I still don't feel like I fit in with them. They don't still accept me because I'm not. I'm not that. I'm no. I don't understand. You know, the music they play or anything like that. The first time, actually. Um, like I recently, three years ago, I think, two, yeah, I don't know, maths is not my... <laughs> no one here can do that. <laughs> Yo, I'm good at maths, <laughs> so you, the rest of you speak for yourself. I mean, I do maths like every day at work, so I don't know <laughs> how, how that works. <laughs> you probably don't want to say that because you're not your employer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like, it's it was like um, Kefa, she's one of my... She, she was like one of my first friends that was black. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that was a girl as yeah. well. Because like I had a best friend who's like a brother to me. He's black, but like he's half black. And, um, you know, he's like East Middle East, partially Middle East and, and um, East African. And hanging around him was like, it was not as much of like hanging around a black person as well. It was more like hanging around a person that was just like, you know, skin, our skin colors were like kind of the same, but we never really felt like we were black. Or I never, like linked to yeah, that sort of culture. Yeah. Anything, like you know? I never felt like we, we never looked at each other and be like, actually we're black amongst all our friends. So it wasn't until I got to uni. And I remember one day, like I was in class and I met a black person. I, I met a black person in class and I was shocked. Like part of me was happy. was like, there are so many black people at UC though so I'm really surprised about the fact that you didn't weren't able to make a lot of black friends that that (laughs) that really contrasts with my story because there literally aren't a lot of black people at ANU so yeah difficult to find other black people (laughs) no I definitely understand ANU I I tried going there I couldn't (laughs) is there a reason for that like why are there no black people there I I just don't understand because I I have some theories but I'm not really sure yeah, no, I'd say I have, I, I have theories that it's a very like international school for like there's a lot of like you know Asians and 
Europeans coming to Africa study. Africa is international. Like, no, but I, I, mean, like, I think at ANU there are a lot of the African students are international students, mm. postgraduate international students. There aren't a lot of domestic yeah, students. That's, um, that's, I think that one of the reasons there might not be a lot of black African students at ANU is that um, I think maybe the course offerings at ANU, a lot of the courses at ANU as opposed to the courses at UC, like the UC courses are more vocational, so they offer things like nursing, teaching, and from what I've seen in my community, a lot of African students are more drawn to those sort of courses as opposed to the um, courses that ANU likes to offer. Also, ANU is really expensive, so maybe um, that might be um, something that deters African students from going. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's quite elitist, ANU, um, so that might be another reason why Mm. African students might want to go and – also, maybe because of the fact that uh, there aren't a lot of low SES students at ANU as well. I mean, I come from a low SES background. My family came here as refugees. So I definitely, that definitely stood out for me that everyone at ANU is like super white, super rich, or an international student. Yeah. So yeah, I think those are my theories, but I'm not, I'm not, not sure. That. I get that because that was one of the reasons why I didn't go there as well. Like, Apologies, Julie Bishop. <laughs> um, but like, she's I not was... listening. It's Julie. <laughs> oh, sh- hey, look, I can dream, okay? okay. Um, but like, it was that I was offered like my first university, even like like college principals, like ANU has this course for you. Um, you got in, and you know, I went to like their, you know, this day, whatever days where you experience university, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was one of probably two black people I saw from memory. I think I was I even like half the time I saw I was the only black person. And like when I see other black people, like back then I used to get this excitement of like, Oh my gosh, I should go and say hi. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I should go and say hi. Like, that's another person. That's like me. That's like, mm-hmm. that's like a me, you know, you become like a kid, you get excited. And like, and one of the reasons was like, I was like, there's no black people here. And I knew like, from my brother, my brother's ex girlfriend was like, "Oh, you know, UC has a lot of black people in it. You know, there's a few black people at UC." So I was like, "Oh, you know, so if I do want to become a bit more of myself, I guess I need to go to UC because NU was very like white. It was a, it's like it's got a wide range of minorities, but it was just not the black minorities. Yeah, for me. that's right. So it was like I was a bit like, yeah, no, this is not a place for me, and it was not a practical." I'm a visual learner. I'm a practical learner. I learn by doing things. You're not practical. <laughs> I learned, like, my, the way, like, the way they described the university to me was, like, we're not going to have a free time. We're not going to have a life outside of university whatsoever. And that that just scared me. <laughs> okay. Do you have a life, Prisco? <laughs> I have no life. <laughs> uh, and there you go. Yeah, but right. like, not because it's not of uni. I'm not going to blame my uni. It's my own personal problems. Because, <laughs> like, that was, one of my fears was that, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be so busy that I won't have a life. Nah. And my, all my minority friends were going to UC. All my white, most of my white friends were going to ANU. And I was like, I want to go with my minority friends. So, <laughs> like, you know, that's how I end up at UC myself. I didn't even look at the fee. Like, let's be honest. I still don't know how much oh. I pay at UC. That, that, that's how rich people roll, you know. <laughs> I cannot relate. They don't look at the price. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. I just want to That's different. Yeah. That's I, I different. Like, I'm not going to stress myself out with that. But, like, yeah, like, you know, that excitement <laughs> of being in a place where I started to see a bit more black people and – 
you know, starting to feel like, oh my gosh, like maybe I could belong in this place. There's a few black people. But I never saw like, you know, in England where my sisters went to, to university, there was like these black society kind of groups yeah. where you like hang out with like Africans and do all African things, you know? And, and you see there was none. And there was an African. And it was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, that was another stood out for me because that's where I thought I was going to meet black people. But mm. then I found out there was none. And, you know, I was like, Oh, so the only thing you I could have started do, one, you know. Yeah, like I mean, back then I wasn't like I didn't know enough black people to even think, oh, I can actually get members or anything. So I decided to join political one instead because I was like, that's where I belong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, like you know, um, still fitting in, even my own, like Kefa, my 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 friend, she she was she even knew more Zimbabwean stuff than I did, and it was very embarrassing, like half the time because I'll be like. She's Nigerian and she actually knows more than I do about my own culture. It's very like disgraceful, like, you know. So I started like putting in more effort and like when we hang out, when I hang out with her, because she hangs around a lot of Zimbabweans. So we hang out with her and like I'll learn from these people. Like they I don't know if they knew that I was learning from them, but like, you know, I'll take you just, notes. You just expose yourself yeah. <laughs> Like I was mm. taking notes <laughs> and then applying them onto my outside world because and funny enough, they were like the only two like there were two um Zimbabwean girls that she hung out with and they were the only Zimbabwean people that I felt like accepted me and were okay with me being like not as black as, you know. I should be. They were okay with me learning because they understood that I wasn't, I was coming from a place of like, it's all white. It's all, you know, it's all a bit whitewashed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like at home, like, you know, my mom, like everything was like, you know, every dinner you have is like a white people meal. Like, you know, you're going to have a super African meal or anything. Like everything we did was like, it was a, not deterring, but like separating. <laughs> it was like separating us from like our culture in a way, but without realizing it. I don't think mm. they've realized it. Like, you know, there was still streaks like black people should be. <laughs> black parents should be. <laughs> but like, it was like, it felt like they were drifting it away and trying to separate it so that we can fit in into the society mm-hmm. that we're in. So we were, f- we were like adjusting ourselves to fit in into the society that we're in because our neighbors were white. The street we lived in, I don't think there was even a black person at all. And the first time, like, you know, I realized, one of the first times I realized, like, whoa, like, I'm black in Australia was when we, we went on, like, a family trip, uh, our first year in Australia. And we ran into some people and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, whoa, your skin, whoa, can we take a picture with you? People asked. Sorry, what nationality me, were these people? Actually, some of them were Asian. And then there was like mm. some white people. Ah, we, okay. Listen, you remember yeah. the you remember the Asian guys on the beach? They're like we're standing there watching us play soccer, and then came up and we're like, "Can oh, we take a photo?" That's so <laughs> different. That's so different, bro. Damn, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, listen, like, damn. That made me feel really weird. In a I way. would charge, and then like, it was not. <laughs> this one. I should. I should. I but I would charge. Done that. <laughs> so, like, gonna treat me like a zoo animal, like some exotic whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You pay the entry fee. Pay the entry fee. They look like people that would have just paid to do it because, like, you know, they just stopped us as we we're coming out of the car and they're like, "Oh my gosh, your skin, your hair! Like, can we take a picture? We've never seen a person like that." 
that's when I finally like realized, holy fuck, I'm in a like some strange kind of place. <laughs> and you know, then trying to fit in into my blackness after that was like, whoa, there are people in this world that has never seen black people. I that never like like you know even. It's not something that I've ever thought of, that there were people mm-hmm. that have never met black people in yeah. this world. And it was culture shock. It was like a culture shock to me. It was like, whoa, what the fuck? There are people that have never met black people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it was one of those, like, I feel like not belonging with my, within my people was something that came from the fact that I was, fi- I, I sort of, like, grew up trying to fit in into my community so much that I, ended up being one of my community members without also taking a look at the fact that my skin is different. I'm fine with my skin being different, but I never really thought thought it through, like what it meant that I was different, like yeah. what, what mm-hmm. it means to be different, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege, you know, like, you know, when my friends go to the beach and they're like putting sunscreen and saying, oh, no, we gotta, we got to stay out the sun, for, you know. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, cool. I mean, you better put that sunscreen on you too. You still have to wear so sunscreen. Like, hey, like, <laughs> cancer don't discriminate. It does yeah. not. No, no, that's that, that part is true as well. And that's another <laughs> thing as well. It's like, people are like, oh, you do your bed. I'm like, huh? no. And it's one of those things like, you know, you just like get shocked about. But even like that, I had my own white friends as well. But like, you're like, I'm like one of my white friends is like, oh, I'm more black than you. Oh my and God. You're the black, and you're black. Like it was one of those things. Was mm-hmm. you just like even my white friends because they hang around, you know, black people. They are more black than I am, and mm-hmm. it just that's why. Like, I feel like still up to today, <laughs> I feel like I'm black enough to hang around black people. Because <laughs> like, I literally have to make time to be like, I need to hang out with my own people. Wow, like, it's a chore, is it? Because, it's like, <laughs> because like, I feel like I'm just like. <laughs> I'm in my own world where I don't get to be like, you know, to learn more about myself. How fast do we have this? It's not a chore. It feels like a chore in a way. way but like, it, you made it sound like it was one. But like, yeah, I didn't use the best way to, that was not the best way to say it. But um, yeah, it was just, it's just one of those things where I still feel like I am a work in progress. I'm not, yeah. I'm not there. So. It's okay. But now let's talk about this though. Like you have, you have um, dived into a lot of this whole idea of performative blackness and like, you know, how you have to act around certain people to be black because it's not something that's just like, you know, perpetuated by just white people where it's mm-hmm. like they expect you to act like the movies mm-hmm. but then you have your own people expecting you to act it. a certain way mm-hmm. to be one of them even though you know blackness is not one dimensional like it's not something that mm-hmm. hey everybody has to be an american thug to be black mm-hmm. or every girl has to like you know talk about shaniqua and fucking <laughs> whoever the fuck else to be black like you can like black it's, you are literally born black Mm-hmm. So literally, however you choose to act is still being black. <laughs> so there's this, yeah. so this whole idea of you know how you have to act is just ridiculous. But yeah, let's let's talk more about that because even you, um, Prisca, you did like you know make some mentions of that and like from your perspective as well. Just so just talk to us about some of those experiences and like you know these things that people expect you to do to be black and also like the reasons like what do you do that makes them not think you're black enough. Mm-hmm. That's right. I would think that the only thing that should make me black is the fact that I have black skin, but unfortunately, 
Apparently, there are other rules that I didn't know about. <laughs> well, you, you didn't get the rule book. I didn't get the rule book. The, you, you need a new doctor. Like. No one sent me the how to be black rule book. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> they handed out the hospitals as you come out. They, like, they didn't go. give it to, my, to me. Best of luck. Yes, I did touch on it earlier about how um, in my life, all throughout my life, by both black people and non-black people, I've been accused of not being black or quote-unquote acting white. And um, when people tell me that, I ask them, you know, what is it that I'm not doing right? And like I said earlier, it's, you know, stuff like you like to use big words, um, the way you talk. Is this by the black people or the yeah, white people? Yeah, both. Um, you know, the way I talk, um, the way I articulate certain things, the way I articulate myself, um, how just how I carry myself apparently. But no one's really been able to particularize exactly yeah. what it is that I'm doing wrong that isn't black enough. And that, yeah. that really annoys me because I, it seems like there's this unspoken rule about what we need to do in order to be a black person in Australia. And that really irritates me because, like I said earlier, the the mere fact that I'm a black person should be should be enough yeah. to be black. But um and I think that because of that, I've I don't know, I feel like there are a lot of um I guess I think the the term black sort of is a pejorative sometimes. Um it's associated with a lot of negative things sometimes, particularly recently with the um, the African gang stuff and, you know, being black or being African-Australian has been associated with, you know, violence or gang culture or unintelligence and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if I've deliberately or, you know, accidentally tried to downplay my quote-unquote blackness in certain situations, I'm I'm not sure if I've if I've ever done that, but um, I don't know. I I think I just act like myself. Um, I'm someone who likes to use words. I think there are so many words. I should try and use them all. <laughs> <laughs> I twenty like um, new words per day. Exactly. Like I like to read the dictionary. I like to um. I like to, I like literature. I like poetry. I like um. You know, I like all these things that are supposedly not attached to blackness or being black. And um, I think, I don't know, like early on it kind of irritated me, but I think that I have come to terms with not necessarily fitting in anywhere. I'm, I'm okay with just being me, being in my own lane, just being myself. I was watching a movie recently and it was talking about how Fitting in is really oppressive. Trying to fit in is really oppressive. And I think that I, that really resonated with me because yeah. it is, it's really oppressive. Yeah. It's hard. Like you get tired. It's exhausting trying to mold yourself into a certain way just so other people will accept you or like you. And I think I've come to terms with either not being liked or not being accepted or anything like that. You know, the right people will gravitate towards me, whether they're black, white, or otherwise. Yeah, no, preach. that is true. That's facts. <laughs> but um no you did you did raise like some really good points as well and i think it's like you know it's scary how many people like do relate to that because it's like imagine how many people just don't belong but like again it's not like you know everyone that doesn't belong has then like from this club of not belonging <laughs> yeah everyone's just no everyone's just an island mm. their own thing. it's like mm -hmm. you have like a group of people here who think you need to be this certain way and if you don't you're not entering the club and then 
there is this group of people here who think you need to be this way. If not, they can't even respect you as a black person. Mm-hmm. So now you're just on your own. But then there's like, you know, another person over there who's just on their own because for the for the exact same reason. But you guys, like, there is no connection there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, that's, not, like, that's, mm. that's pretty scary. What about you, you guys? Tosin, do you have anything else to add to that? Like, just in terms of, like, you know, being I, expected. I really want, if any of you guys can articulate articulate what it means to be black. Like, because I, I, I really can't say. Like, is there a list of things <laughs> that we need <laughs> to do in order to be accepted <laughs> as black? Because it... You know, Daisy, you've also been accused of, you know, quote unquote, acting white. And like, what do you think it is that you're not doing right? <laughs> For me, I feel like it's like the small things. It's the small things of like, you know, not, I came from a place of not, sorry. I came from a place of not knowing as much African music as mm-hmm. well. It was also like, you know, that as like that place of not knowing much African music and until like once again, I hung out with my. Fr- I made a friend with this girl, Kefa. That's when I started getting to know a bit more about. Like, Look, Kefa thing. better pay us for like promotion. <laughs> all the amount of times I know, right? <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. It's like literally, like started learning more black music from her and stuff like that as well. Like you know, um, but I did listen to like black American like rap and all that before that. But it was like you know the African Afro beats and everything mm-hmm. like that. It wasn't until her, so I feel like. Some of my like minority friends, that's those are one of the things they say. It's like you don't listen to, you know, you don't don't know much about black music or you um you can't dance like black people can. Mm. But I feel like it's a Zimbabwean thing, like Nigerian <laughs> can dance, like Ghanaians can dance. Nigerians but, can dance. I'm actually really scared like, about I, could, I, up. I I I I don't know. Like I just like I think it's the Zimbabwean in me, but I don't know. I just yeah. I mean, my parents did pay a lot of money for dance classes, but uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. money went down the drain. Um, <laughs> Is that traditional dance classes? Or just no, 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 no. It was like hip hop, ballet. Oh, yeah. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> I can do ballet, and that I can do. But when you ask me to like dance African, that I can't do. I can point my toes. I can do chatees. I can, I I can do ballet, but just not African dance. And those are the small. It's these small things mm-hmm. that some people have like just outlined. You can't dance African. And yeah, what, you need to shaku shaku if you're what, if you can't what, do that, you're not black, man. And, and that's another thing as well. It's like, I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> and it's another thing. It's like when I go, it's like you know, um, last weekend we we're at a, like a friend's birthday party, and you know. African dances. Just are doing African dances. I'm like, uh, unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know. I well, I know them, but I can't do them. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like, it's the problem. I know them, but I just can't do them. And it's just one of those unfortunate things. But those small things, like you know, I can't dance. Or and one of the ones like I got from high school was someone said to me, "You're black. You have a big ass, and you can't work. Oh what gosh. the heck? Like." You know, it was like, child. <laughs> it was like, what? The heck? Like, you know, it was one of those things where people were like, you're black and you can't work. What? We do keep quiet. It's the small things. It's nothing yeah. big. It's the small little things that make you call an Oreo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's my description. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But like you know, 
And the fact that, you know, you can't cook African food, you can't, mm-hmm. you don't have African cultural clothing, mm-hmm. you know, like those small things right. are the things that people have said to me are the reasons why they're like, oh, you're like the blackest, you're the whitest black person I know. But that's not that's, even blackness, that's just Afri- like being African. Yeah, like, like mm-hmm. you, you, I don't understand why like someone can say you're not black because you're not doing African stuff. Like, yeah. like You can be black and not African. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, that's another thing, like you know, that I feel like people just—that's what they've pointed out to me as mm-hmm. being like what not makes me what makes me not black enough for them. Okay, so that's yeah, that's I know it's just, it's not big, but I mean it is big. It is. It's a big like, deal. <laughs> I mean, like it's not like <laughs> a, like huge things. It's the small, oh, yeah, tiny yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, it's the small, tiny little things that you don't pay attention to every single day, mm-hmm. but then they are actually influencing. How these people are seeing you and classifying like, you? How there you be smart? Like it's just yeah, it's yeah. a very sad thing because like you know that's not- like the whole like, like um even I, I can kind of add on to that a little bit just um um in terms of defining what it means to be black and what it isn't like mm-hmm. I find that it's most people who go out of their way to mention um of you're not African or not black enough in this one way or form normally um. This is something that, for example, you, if you speak eloquently, for example, as you are doing, um, and someone says you don't speak um, black enough, then I don't look at that as I, I try and look at everything in a constructive, in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone's saying that to me, I'll just take that as an insult. I don't even try and figure out. I think the first thing you got to do is try to think about it and be like, wait a minute, this person saying that I'm not speaking badly enough. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're just insulting me. Um, I think. That was a big problem that I had when I was younger. Themselves, where, themselves really. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So <laughs> they, I, they, look, yeah, 100%. It's common sense is not mm, Yeah. <laughs> exactly, it's not common. It's not common. You're saying, I speak eloquently, therefore I'm not black. And you are black. Exactly. But in their, <laughs> so what does that in mean? Their, <laughs> in their minds, the problem is with you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like so it's like one thing, like that's probably the biggest thing to me. Where um, whenever anyone mentions, for example, if you're saying that ah oh, you can't twerk, it's kind of like ah oh, okay, like as you, as you mentioned, ah oh, you can't twerk, you can't twerk. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, number one, if, if you have no interest in doing that yourself, it's not something that you really want to do at all. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just insulting you. I just look at it; they're insulting you. And as soon as you flip it, to, it's instead of ah, oh, when you as soon as you flip it to ah, oh, no, they're insulting me. Then the energy changes to like ah oh, okay, what are we trying to say then? I, I, I'll put people on the spot. Because what happened is some people showed up and be like, ah, oh, um, I remember I was at work and one of my managers was like, oh, you speak English really well. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, huh? And this is in front of people and I just showed up and boom, like, ah, oh, so what do you mean by that? And she's like, oh, you mean, I mean you speak, and she started stuttering and stammering and stuff. Like, like, oh, like that's what I was <laughs> no, going to take true. that. I was going to take that. I was like, ah, oh, you know, ah, oh, yeah, you know, thank you. No, no. It's like, if you if if you can't look at me as a person, person if you want to look at me as my skin color, clean. But you know, if you, if you as soon as you open your mouth to be like, oh, you don't do this well enough, or the the one you don't speak black enough, that's one that frustrates me. It's like, why do you want, you know, and then as the black person does another black person is like, oh, cool. So you basically want to again, you're an enemy of progress. Basically, you yeah. want to stop one hundred percent. So that's like I try to flip it back to the other person. I'm like I tell them, what do you mean by that? And then as soon as you say that, then you know. Mm-hmm. They start stammering. They're like, oh, I don't know. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So, 
I'll say, you don't mean to have a good job. Like, oh, you don't mean to speak well to these people. And I guess the second part of it as well is that um, I think everybody has to sort of do this is kind of putting on different hats or um, when you're in different places. Mm. Um, obviously, I can't the same way that I act around. Um, like, I'll be honest, I don't act the same way I act around my black friends. I probably need to have a lot more open with my black friends. When, huh? Code switching. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, like, I, I try to be genuine in both cases, but definitely, like, obviously, the way I'm around my black friends, like, I'm, it's not going to be the same way I'm maybe around with my other friends with other ethnicities. And, um, like, people look at that as a bit of a negative, but sometimes it's kind of like, you know, if I start going off about um, some certain things with, you know, with either group, it may not necessarily be relatable, it might not be the time to talk about that kind of thing. And I'm aware of, you know, being in certain, certain situations, you know, if you need to bring something up with an issue, you bring it up and you move through it. But, I, you know, obviously, you can't be bringing up random topics about uh, Nigerian politics or something. Like, you know, uh, my friend Cornelius, me and him, we have very long talks about this sometimes. Or well, I was very comfortable with this. But if I bring that up with my friends of other ethnicities, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not going to really go. So um, I understand um, putting on the different types of different things that you are at. But in terms of anyone insulting either my intelligence or that I live my life, just because of their certain perspective or kind of outlook on what they expect me to be like, please guys, just call them out. Just like straight up like, oh, okay, what do you mean by that? And then yeah. watch them stammer and, you know, stop stumbling. 100%. And, and the reason I say that as well is because as soon as you do that, I hope to God that they never ask someone else again because it's a very uncomfortable position for them to be in. Then we look at it innocently like, oh, you know, just, you know, but if, if you can put them in that position, I hope that they question themselves. I'm like, you know, why am I asking that? Why does it matter? And then hopefully that stops people from doing that. Like, as soon as someone starts telling me, oh, you're that, you black should, They should also, like, challenge their own perceptions of what it means to be black. Why do you think exactly. that is not an appropriate way to express blackness? I mean... Exactly. From, and, um, yeah. If it's coming from white people, like, I do... I think... I do find it, like... I think it's, it's like, worse when it comes from black people. Exactly. Because that's know. internalized yeah. anti-blackness. Yeah. That's really problematic. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, <laughs> that's your own people. But then when it's coming from white people, yeah. I still find it a bit weird. I don't know. Like, like, when it comes from white people, like they're a bit racist white anyway. People, so I expect can that. Up to racism, I can expect that. But ignorance. other black people, yeah. it's like, hmm, that's a bit, yeah, I'm going to give you like the side eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it because like we don't talk like... Call them out. Call them out every time. Call them out every time. It's black people as well because it's one of those things where it's like you're already facing that from white people. And then your own people who should like, you know, like you have similar experiences. You're facing the same shit from white people. So we should be like, you know, on the same page. And now all of a sudden, side. guess what? I'm not black enough for you either. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It makes it's you very uncomfortable. It it's like, people, it's like I'm not black enough for my own black people. But then also when I'm around white people, they're like, you're too black, black for black. white people. Yeah, like, like, not, it's, like, it's, like, no. it's like, what do you want me to be? It's like you know, I feel like sometimes when you're in that those situations, you understand what mixed race kids feel like. <laughs> Mixed race kids, I I feel sorry for them because they are always in this position where they can't be too black because oh my gosh you've got a bit of white in you, you can't be too white because you also got black in you. It's like Mm -hmm. it's like you, it's like they don't feel like they belong half the time as well. And I feel sorry for them because I'm like, yeah, sometimes I feel that like, but I get it from my own black people as well, and that's why like I became a very a person of like inclusiveness of like everyone matches like you know all minorities and stuff like that and that's why i'm surrounded by like my, my group of friends is literally like just a big chunk of multiculturalism there's 
me a black person and then it's like aboriginals then there's like you know white person and there's like you know a german like it's mm-hmm. we're so mixed there's this cure in racism we're so, <laughs> we're so mixed in our group like in my groups of friends <laughs> there's like chinese like, we're just such a mixed group of friends that like you know um when i do hang around like you know some black people of my own you know sometimes you feel like or you know i'm not saying like the slang words enough like someone said to me like you know how cardi b speaks right like mm. how come you don't speak like that how come you don't say yo you're not like, american oh, like you're not from come, the bronx <laughs> how come you're not loud like that like and we're and, not ex-strippers like <laughs> you know we have a different lived experience and that's exactly like the problem is always like oh no i'm not afro-american i am like afro you literally have nothing in common with cardi b like no but the, the way she speaks oh my God. i feel like that's what some people define as not speaking black enough like emulate Cardi B. <laughs> like literally Common like sense. Hey. I feel like that's because hey. yeah. she's loud, she's she's got this personality that mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes that's what white people refer to when like, you know, you're not speaking black enough. Like, you know, that whole you're or you know, you know, there's just like, you know, the way this way they say their words mm-hmm. because you use full words. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not being black oh, enough. Shit. How dare words. you complete your sentences? <laughs> but that's what I feel like that's what they meant like that's what they mean because they try to imitate like i know some white girls who have mastered imitating the black culture so well mm-hmm. that even sometimes uh, being around them, you don't feel black enough. But these, these people are white. These girls are white. And they are so, like, I don't, I don't know, know about that. Like, I think it's, it's, yeah. about me. The like, only black thing about me? them is the dick they might be hopping on. But, That's, like, yeah. I don't know no, about no, 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 no. anything. I, geez, Wait. Hey. Hey. So, hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's, she's right on the money. Like she's right she, on the money. That's where, where I'm coming from. That's where it comes from. Because oh, my, my, brother, my brothers are listening to this. Be careful. My brothers are listening to this. Be careful, please. She's hundred ten percent on the money because that's where it comes from. Like most of these people, like, mm-hmm. the girls I'm referring to, I'm not going to say their names, unfortunately. Um, oh, but you call Kefa. Fortunately, Kefa's oh, no. <laughs> done like a great contribution. This is these people are negative contributions. Kefa deserves a credit on this podcast. <laughs> she better pay me for sponsorship. <laughs> 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 but like you know, like they hang around. Black guys, they sleep yeah. with mm. black guys. Exactly. That's why they feel so comfortable imitating mm-hmm. the black culture so well because, you know, they they're dating they whoever's in their DMs is black. Yeah. And that's that 
for some reason gives them the okay to be black. Yeah, apparently and that proximity to black them, mm. blackness makes them black. Guys, we gotta but do better. And being actually black doesn't make you black. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because <laughs> like even like um uh, like last couple week two weekends ago, I was in you know I was out in Sydney, and you see like these white girls with braids oh, and everything oh, yeah. and cornrows and everything yeah. hang around and like, the edges. Know, black I can't yeah. do edges. And do, <laughs> Doing edges and everything, and like you know, the and they pro act. They were pro acting blacker than I felt in that place, mm. <laughs> you know. And it's just like, and you know, when a song comes, a rap song comes up, and like you know, they feel comfortable enough to say the n word and everything. I and it's just like, and like <laughs> it's just like, it's not even. Like, who do you blame for that? The black guys that were hanging out, yes, because they allowed it. <laughs> because I'm like. You people are comfortable letting these girls. I'm like, uh, like, one of my sisters is like, you know, half white, and she literally was like, "I'm traumatized." She was like, <laughs> "I'm traumatized by what I've just seen because what the actual does is this going on in this world? Because yeah. we have people that actually feel so comfortable appropriating black culture yeah. enough because they ride on a black day." Look, the like, truth is, if you're a black person and you're around these people and you're not calling that out or they're doing these things and you're not saying nothing about mm-hmm. it or you're, you're even problem. encouraging it. You're the problem. You're you the problem. are the problem. Yep. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's literally that simple. Like, there's, you no are the problem. There's, no, there's no sugarcoating that. You are no. the problem. <laughs> no, honestly, though, because it's like. Yeah, but, look, but, 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 I, will, but I, will, I will say, though, like for those people that who, are the, who are in the situation, sometimes it's um, like sometimes um, that group which this you know subtle racism or not so subtle racism is happening maybe they're like only real group of friends like that, i've seen that happen before as well so they're obviously like ah oh, if i call this out where else am i gonna go like i don't feel like i belong anywhere else people that are open so i mean like because look everybody i feel like this is narrative now like you know i'm very happy with it that you know all black people we like we're kind of our voices are really getting up as people are really paying attention to everything now mm-hmm. but not everybody's going to have that level of activism and, like, you know, wanting to put themselves out there, you know, between each person. Like, I might be comfortable saying something, but it doesn't mean I don't expect the next other person who may be black as well to be comfortable saying that as well. Yeah. Everyone has their own little roots. But that's Just still... Because, like, I feel like... Huh? That's different, that's, though. We're yeah. talking about in your own personal life and you are having relationships. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, even, you're not calling that out. <laughs> that's yeah, because even if you're yeah. like, oh, right, I'm not yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. to call that out or whatever, that's still problematic because at the end of the day, like, you're not calling it out, so it's going to keep happening. And you're encouraging mm-hmm. it. Like, you're okay with it. Yeah, yeah. You know when you as a black person call someone else, like, you know, a white person doing some bullshit, you call them out. And then they hear yeah. you with the, I have a black friend. Mm-hmm. Or like, my black okay. friends are okay with this. Yeah. It's like, those are the black friends. It's like, yeah. you're giving me extra work, bro. Yeah, all my black friends are like Because now I have to consult with my <laughs> So we need, we, need, we need to spread the load. We need to spread the load. <laughs> you're giving me extra work. I'm hearing that now. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like some people, um, like what you're saying is what, like someone once made excuse that they allow these, why people that hang around them to appropriate their culture and whatnot because the black people were not supporting them. They never felt like they 
belonged and was was supported by black people. So they felt like mm-hmm. a lot of their support comes from white people, white communities and whatnot. But what's the price for that so, support though? Because if you so know like, it's appropriation and you're okay with it, then you're paying yeah. that price for it. So, mm-hmm. and it's, like, it's like going backwards. Yeah. It's, it's literally accepting going backwards. But then mm-hmm. it's like also, you know, what makes your own people not want to support you so bad? And that's a whole know. conversation for a whole nother day because that's a whole episode yeah. <laughs> this whole thing about supporting your people. Because, yeah. yeah, because like it's, it's one mm. of those things that like it just contributes to what a lot of young black people feel like, you know, is to be black inside camp or well, speaking from a Canberra perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've seen more minor, like better black communities in like, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, like I've seen such. Yeah, like, Cambridge very small. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen such a more like, you know, collaborative black communities outside Canberra. But Canberra is like, Canberra is small. So I feel like if we're that small, why can't you we think stand it'd be easier we, to like, yeah. Yeah. Stand like, yeah. Why can't we stand together? If, <laughs> if we're that small, why, why, mm-hmm. why, why can't we be together? Why can't we be as one, you know, as we are as one? That's um, a, there's a whole deep issue. But like, it's, yeah. it's a lot <laughs> it's, deeper, like, bruv. It's one of those things that contributes. I feel like that's still one of the biggest things that contributes to what a lot of young like. I still, you know, like want my little sister to grow up and you know find black friends, but no, she hangs around white girls all the time. Mm-hmm. So it it's that fear of like you know if she doesn't get out enough and or you know she won't feel like she's black enough mm-hmm. if she. You know, she's going to realize she's actually black once she gets to university because she goes to white private schools. She goes, you know, she hangs around white people. Everything she does is, you know, within white people, the only black people she sees or ever be around are like, you know, family friends. But she gets to see them what once a month. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's one of those issues where it's just like that she's going to grow up in such a like a way where she's going to go through what I went through. Of like, oh my gosh, you're so white. Like, how can you be black and Ooh. be so white at the same time? Like, and it's going to be one of those things where she's like, why didn't anyone warn me that I was like this? <laughs> she don't blame you. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things that's like, why didn't anyone like tell me that this is how the path I was headed? But then it's like the <laughs> community that you're around, you're fitting in into your community that you're around. You are, adjusting you've adjusted into your surroundings and you are your surroundings it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit harder to break to break when you get when you get older Mm -hmm. um i think it's one of the issues as well we have in canberra is that we just don't have that community that you know allows black people to be black yeah that allows black people to feel black to be black to experience (laughs) like you know not not saying like you know not the negative experiences but like you know experiencing the cool stuff like you know dancing or the music i mean monkey butt is a great place i guess i can tell you like that's where i had my black camera awakening like i honestly am not a fan but um yeah i don't like it that much but i had my black Awake, black Canberra awakening there, so, so I'm no, always no, oh, going to yeah, support no, it. No, no. That's honestly it. Like, because, like, I used to go to Dolce, where it was like mixed like, Aboriginals and Islanders. That's that's all. That's where I was all the time. And then like I've, all, but I did always wonder, like, you know, where do all these uni people go? Like, do they create their own secret little thing that I don't know? Mm. Like, you know. And then I've, like one time, someone said. Oh, like actually, 
I'm not going to say her name once again, but yeah. Okay, credit, credit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to send you the invoice. <laughs> she was like, oh no, I got from Bakuba, you know, that, that's where the, it's, it's more fun there and everything. And like, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, okay. Like, what, what, what's different? You the know, first time I went to Mankiva, I had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, but you felt a bit like you belonged there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I felt like I belonged like, there. I know this one. I felt, yeah, like, well, not- actually, <laughs> I was starting to get out into the music a bit more. So, like, you know, it was still quite strange in that way, but I felt like I belonged there. Mm-hmm. Even though I couldn't, like, you know, do all the dances and stuff they were doing. Like I could just do my little rock. You climb. don't need to dance in the nightclub. Right. You just got to grind and you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just like move, move whatever you want to move. But like <laughs> you just felt like you feel like. I remember the first. Oh, the first time I went. Unfortunately, like well, I was fortunate enough that I didn't have to line up or anything like i just oh, she yeah. like special um, yeah we VIP. we went in we went in as vip or whatever oh, wow. but, like, but like you know in the even in the line approaching okay. the line there were black people a lot of black mm. people and stuff in the line and everything that like was a bit exciting but in the same way ex- very scary because i was like yeah am i gonna fit in into them like they're probably like used to each other and they know whatever in the, what, whatever I'm going up there, it's going to be like, you know. And so going up was like very scary. Never walking, I was like this, like literally, I was like holding myself and just like people don't touch me. Really like I, I'm not, I'm not, gr- I'm not great with crowds, anyways. Like I'm just, I oh. don't. I had a completely different experience. I wanted all the niggas to touch me. me. Like, I was- <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Canberra I was only 17 so I didn't turn 18 until the middle of the year and mm-hmm. when I f- first started going clubbing like the first club I went to was monkey bar so I was really interested in that kind of thing <laughs> at the time <laughs> no, I, I, that, I, that. <laughs> I was the opposite I was like don't touch me you know but, I was 18 I was an adult you know live my life <laughs> <laughs> live your best life <laughs> but I didn't go to, okay. I didn't go to a club until I was 19 yeah yeah like I didn't go to there until I was 19. Mm. I just, because I never really like, you know, I mean, I knew of Monkey Bar because my brother used to go there and like, you know, you stalk them on Facebook and you see like how the culture is like, you know, there's so many black people and everything. And you, and it was one of those places where you just always felt like, oh, wow. like Wait, who are you stalking on Facebook? Monkey Bar or the people? <laughs> oh, the people that go there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See what kind of people. Wow, she's moving <laughs> like, different. Look, she's moving like, different. I would know if my brother research. was that. got like the wall. Like, look, I knew where my brother was out. If he lied to me where he was, and then I'm just like, I know you were out. And if I, if I arrive at this specific time, he will definitely be here. Because I heard there's this place called Monkey Bar, and I followed them on Facebook, and I was like, like, Yo, I was, I was already yeah. on it. <laughs> Girl, I was auntie, really auntie, please stop. Auntie, auntie, auntie's okay. <laughs> Everyone in cameras, that's why I'm gonna say this. This girl, Daisy, get away from me. It's a PS to everybody in camera. me from my bedroom. Look, I was, I was like on my phone, like scrolling <laughs> through experience. But that, that's how I felt like I experienced, like even like 
I've never been to a music festival, but I felt yeah. like that's how I experienced everything. It was just like watching it on Snapchat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I've, I was like, this is the place I would belong because, you know, some most of my friends when they turned 18 back then, it was, we're going to Moose, Moose heads, <laughs> what not? And like one of my, like a few of my friends were like, that's the widest place you could go. Like my Aboriginal friends were like, that's the widest place you could go. No, we're not going there. You're not white. Like, we're going to a real experience, a real club, okay? Monkey, you know, like Musa is not a real, I don't know, it was like a rave. <laughs> it's like going to a rave, going to Musa's. Mm. Like, like, please do not see me, Sue Daisy, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like. Dara, you can't defame corporations. <laughs> but we, like, we have a lawyer. But I guess just moving forward from that, yeah. Just going forward as a people and, you know, what, what are some ways that we can, like, what are some things we can do to make this better for even like the next generation coming up? Because you said your sister is going through similar stuff now. What are some things that we need to stop doing in order to just like, you know, for shit to get better? Because right, this whole thing of like, you know, ostracizing your own people and making mm-hmm. them not belong, mm-hmm. it's just, it's ridiculous. That, exactly that. I feel like we just need to stop. As black people, we should not be saying to our own black people, you're not black enough. Like we need to understand that, most of us have grown into in in white areas. You know, we, we need to born, you're black. Yeah, like you know, our skin is the same. Mm-hmm. We need to understand that. You know, and I think mm. also just understanding that you know we've grown mm. up in such different communities, mm. societies. Mm-hmm. We need, you know, when we see a sister or a brother that's no, you know, doesn't know the dance move, that doesn't know the music. Like, it's don't outcast them. They're not an outcast. They're one of you. Like, you know, don't outcast them. Don't make them feel what they have to put up, like they can't put up with the same things that they put up with white people, with you exactly. as well. Like mm-hmm. that is torture, that, that's double torture. Like yeah. why why would you do that to your own people? Exactly. And I think that's where we need to break the barrier of making our own people feel like outcasts within ourselves, within each other, within groups. Accept them, you know, teach them. for mm. Like, you know, my friend, the one. She's the one we will not name. She told me dance moves. She told me dance moves and stuff like that, you know? I mean, she gave up at some point because I couldn't. Uh, but, like, you know, she told, me, she told me dance moves and all that. Like, and we've, I even tried an African dance class um, with, like, Maurice and Pascal. I, I don't know how to say his name. Um, Pascal. But, yeah. Um, we, like, I tried going to the African dance classes and stuff like that, you know, learning. Um, it went all right because, like, funny enough, the white guy, there's a white guy there. Like, he he, he accepts that. I call him the white guy there. But, um, yeah, like, he's white British. But, like, well, and that's why I understand where he's coming from. Like, want being more cultured. He's a bit more cultured for a white person. And, like, he was better than me. Um, and it was very embarrassing. Um, I remember my sister was sitting in the corner just laughing at me and recording me. Um, but she had videos. Then I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to support. No, no joke. I, I, I love you guys. I want to support. Like, but I just it was one of those things where I was like, I feel like I'll just go and pay to just learn with my eyes. I'm a visual learner. Learn with my eyes. Because trying, trying was like No, fair, yeah, fair, fair. What about like, what about you guys? I'm testing Priscilla. What are, like I think how can we change? That moving forward we should realize that blackness is not a monopoly. Yep. There is no one way to be black mm-hmm. or to perform blackness. And I think that um, you know, the only thing that should be a factor in whether or not you're black is whether or not you're black. <laughs> like, <laughs> you would think. <laughs> you would think. 
and all this other stuff. We we don't need to, you know, delve too deeply into that. I think that we are allowed to have our own personalities, our own mm. likes and interests and dislikes. And um, when we start talking about, okay, you don't do X, so that means you're not black, you do Y instead, that means you're trying to be white. Where it, It's really problematic and it's really um, – it affects people's mental health. Mm. Like mm. it really does. Um, I for one. Because, you know, you, you you try when you really, when you're young, as I was talking about earlier, you really want to fit in and you, especially with your own kind and um, finding out that you don't is really, really disheartening. And I think yeah, that was for me, it was quite disheartening and still is sometimes when I hear comments like that. But um, I think, yeah, definitely we need to realize that there is no one way to be black. The only thing that should matter is whether or not we have black skin and all of us here are black, black so skin, we yeah. are black <laughs> hello we fit in <laughs> no 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 that's that's a really good that's a really mm. good one Tosin is there anything you wanted to add no um, I think they've said it best um, generally um, yeah just, um, that's moved towards not necessarily judging people because of the black or not you know Figure it's like people's characters and the way that they act and everything. Um, hopefully, as time goes along, there's little assumptions that um, are made, but us on that first meeting and first impression isn't necessarily based on our skin color, but actually how we are as people. That'd be nice. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like Briska said, you know, she basically said everything. Like at the end of the day, being black is just authenticity, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So long as you are you. You're like you, you're, you're black. black. That's blackness. Like so long as you're you, like, people make people make it. Seem okay. like, you, know, you, you got to audition to be black. I know. Yeah. Honestly, it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. you need to do this. This, yeah. Yeah. Doing this? yeah. Sorry, you didn't get the role. It's okay, man. Try again next year. You got to say this word. Yeah, no callback. You know. But, um, to, to round up, to round up, I found you know. I found, let's play a little game. I found like a little list online, you know, because you were asking what are the things you need to do yes. to be black. Okay, so let's find out. If, let's this. find out how black we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first thing, the first step in being black. Yeah. You're gonna be unemployed. I'm sorry. Who? I have a job. I have a job. Oh. <laughs> I, I already lost the first one. I have a job. That's <laughs> enough. You gotta drink alcohol like it's water. I don't like. I like my liver. Oh, come on, nah, 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 I like, I like my liver. Nah, nah, nah. I like brain cells as well. <laughs> I like my liver. I like my life. I just yeah. drink. Thank you. <laughs> every ten- every sentence has to end with my nigger or nigger. No, thank you. No, I mean, I already no, failed with no that way. sentence. Didn't no. I mean, um, like, yeah, no, yeah. I can't. Like, I'm always at work, so I feel like I don't use that <laughs> word. I, I use the N word sometimes. Yeah, like, but, I use um, it within my just friends. Just a little sprinkle. Just yeah. sprinkle a little on top. <laughs> it's like the icing or the cherry on top kind of thing. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm black. I uh, say it, so I will say it sometimes. Yeah. So that's the, fir- that's the first step to being black. I'm pretty sure we all failed, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, no, honestly, we failed. <laughs> But um, step two. So now you progress to the next step. Yeah. Oh wow! Not Congratulations. Be able, not be able to read. Oh, oh sorry, I'm ah. literate. Oh come on! No, no, no. chill, 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 no. chill, no. chill, chill. Damn! You, 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 you gotta fuck with the cops. Wait, you gotta what? No? Fuck with you gotta- cops. That's being black or not being black? No, no, no. Being that's black how, that's how you are. That's how you can tell that you're black. You gotta fuck with cops all the time, man. Like get in trouble a lot. Uh. 
Oh, okay. Because I thought like you meant fuck with the corpses and like you're friends with them. No, no, no. Oh, okay. the police. <laughs> oh. <laughs> F12. <laughs> oh, I already felt this. You got to eat like, weed for breakfast, for lunch and for dinner. You got to eat For legal reasons, I'm Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. That is what I'm going to say. I'm against drugs, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. But yeah, well, look, there's no point going on because we can tell we're not black. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, this whole podcast is null yeah. and void because we just realized <laughs> that we're not black. black. Now. We're yeah. black. So we can't speak on these matters. No, I actually want to know what, what, what's, what's one interesting thing that's there that you got to grind the block with your niggas. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> what <does that> mean? <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to the strip club to spend the drug money. Oh, wow. Hey. Make a rake. Make a rake. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no. And if you can't tell from that little game, that's just how that's how ridiculous people sound when they try to police being black. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like what? <laughs> yeah. And I think we need to really think really critically about why we attach such negative things to blackness. Yeah. And why in particular a lot of black 100%. people get mad at you when you don't do these negative things. Mm. Yeah. 100%. Like why is it a crime to be a decent human being? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It is what it yeah. is, right? Like, it's like, it's a crime. It is what it is. It is, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Honestly, it feels like a crime to be a decent human being that, you know, likes their own. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, think that comes, I think that comes down to, like, black insecurity. So I think, I feel like that's a very, very deep topic be. as well, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like some people might hear this as well and think, oh, right, but I don't, you know, when I, I don't, you know, expect you to do negative stuff. But even those things that you think are not negative, the minute you ostracize someone because they're not doing certain things, for, mm-hmm. for example, you mentioned dancing. Yeah. It's still, it's, it's still the same thing. Like you're still saying like, there's only one way to be black. Mm-hmm. You have to like, you know, tick these boxes, even though you're not black enough. And it's like, mm. who, the mm-hmm. fuck, who the fuck are you? Like who made you? <laughs> The he made you the black police. <laughs> black police, yep. I feel like there's like a black Bible or something. something like that. <laughs> Probably is. There's a book like, called How to Be Black. One Is it 101 or something like that? Oh, oh, wow. I what? think it's satire, but you know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if, I hope so. <laughs> if you've had like, you know, the black Jesus, the black this, the, you know, those kind of things as well. It's like, um, what? <laughs> what, what classifies, what puts that in a box of like, you know, black people have their own. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different conversation because again, Jesus himself is whitewashed. But um, yeah, know. that's a whole other discussion. We thought a lot of things were white. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you, Daisy, because you mentioned that even though we had similar upbringings and that we grew up around a lot of white and non-black people, but you mentioned that even so, you didn't really notice your blackness. But for me, it was the opposite. I was very aware of the fact that I was black because I stood out from all my peers. So why was it that even though you, sorry, even though you didn't look like everyone else, you still weren't really aware of the fact that you were black? I felt because like I never felt like I was different. What I felt was different was mainly just character. Yeah. What do you mean by character? Like as in like, you know, what made me different to everyone else was like, well, mostly like around the people that I was, was like, I cared about school, you know. I cared about my grades. Yeah. I cared about not teaching school. So it was just you, like like stuff that made you, you, not like, you know. Yeah, that's the only stuff that I felt like was making me different to everyone else. 
until, you know, like I feel like you get older and then you start to realise, oh, shit, like I've been, you know, going through a shit show without knowing it. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was like that. It was just like I never really looked at my – my skin colour was never anything that I looked at. Like, you know, I get home and there's people like me, but that's – when I walk outside, there's people – so many people that don't look like me and I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I feel like in a way have contributed to me being so um, like, I believe in the word, like just, I just live and breathe inclusiveness so much that I do know, like I hate to like, you know, separate myself to be like, Oh no, I should just hang around black people only. Or no, I should just hang around like minorities only. Like I just, I feel like I've never looked at my mm. skin in that way enough for me to be like, no, um, I prefer only black people. I prefer. It's like even when it comes to dating, like as well as that, it's like, oh, do you go for like, you know, black people as well? Or do you go for white people as well? Like, You don't want that BBC? <laughs> I mean, I don't want your question though that I get. Like, that I don't was want, a I don't joke. Want. I don't <laughs> believe in sexual racism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, it's just, it's just what it's a, it's a whole another topic as well. Like, mm. it is a whole dating, racial <laughs> date, interracial yeah. dating. Yeah. Um, actually, um, capital 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 cappings did an episode yesterday about interracial dating. They should pay you as well for this free. Program. I know, right? <laughs> They did a really good episode on that. Speaking of how interracial, um, interracial like dating goes as well, and it's the same thing as like you know, do you look at the skin color of the person before you approach them or whatever, like, or do you go for character and personality? And that's I think that's I just grew up in that mindset of like I know what it felt like to be excluded. Yeah, that I never wanted to exclude anyone else. Mm -hmm. I didn't care what you look like. Um, yeah. that was the list of my problems. That was the list of things I'll look at you for. Um, yes, most like I ended up going into a phase of like, once I see a black person, I am ecstatic. I'm like, oh my mm. gosh, like, whoa, like, yes, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, let's work together. Let's, you know, hang out, let's grab coffee and stuff like that. You know, like yeah. it just, I, it became like a very exciting thing for me mm-hmm. to like come across black people just because like you know it's it felt started to feel more like very nice you know when you just like oh my gosh like they've got the same skin color as me i wonder what they can relate to Mm. you know what what she can relate about being black you know in australia or in the world and it takes even like in my own working industry i've been told that it's such a white industry like you know i went into it without even looking Oh, it's, it's a white industry. You didn't just, realize politics was white. Like, how many <laughs> black politicians do you see around? <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's my working. What was the name of that? What was, what was the name <laughs> of that? Um, the, what's the name of the South Australian? That South Australian oh, senator. Um, uh, <laughs> she, she's gone. Yeah, yeah. And there was that funny people first saying, "No more questions." I'm like, "Don't you want to?" Next question. Next question. A lot. The business. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm studying business and business management and communications and media. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, that is such a white industry. You find it so hard to like make it in that industry. Yeah. I got thinking about law. And, like, oh, and that's that's literally what was like 
that's when I was like, oh, you know, there's what you said before was like, oh, you know, nursing science, all those kind of things. That's mm-hmm. why that's what draw more people to that's see as well. What I've seen a lot of a lot of black, black people are studying, yeah, this kind and of things. that's yeah. that was literally was like the same thing as me. It was like, oh wow, like so there is categories and stuff like that for what's more suited for a black person. Where, yeah. where is a black person more likely to fit in? Where is a black person more likely to? That's when I started to wake to wake up into like realizing a bit more of like my blackness will be a barrier of some things. Just because, you know, people may take will make those little comments and then you start to realize like I'm twenty one now, but like I feel like in the past three to four years I've grown so much in my own blackness mm-hmm. than before. Like if I didn't go to uni in like and if I didn't meet the people I met, hashtag Kefa, <laughs> I wouldn't have being able to every time you mention a name, that's like an extra charge. Yeah. <laughs> extra twenty dollars. I'm really sorry, Kefa. <laughs> But like it was one of those things where like mm-hmm. if I didn't if those people did not accept me as a mm-hmm. black person, I wouldn't have I would have been still struggling. I would have been in a situation right now where this world would be tearing me apart because yeah. I would be realizing how like what what's happening in the world right now will be like destroying me. Like it's already destroying me. <laughs> like no no joke. Like the other yeah. day I couldn't even sleep. Um but like it would be way worse because I would have been not like, you know, a bit more walk to that side yeah. me and it's one of those things where you just like when you get as you get older you just realize yeah your skin will be a barrier for a lot yeah. of things you you just have to adjust like to the world because that's the world that's how it is that it is what it is it's sad it's really sad that that's how people do like you know do things though it's like oh you're black and you're not doing Doctor, you know, doctor, nursing, teaching. You know, I get like I literally, I literally get that all like, the time because <laughs> I work in cybersecurity. And whenever I said it, just like, yeah, you're oh, in IT, right? I've never met anyone who does that. I'm like, like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you're black and you're doing that. Like, it's like, I'm sorry, I did not know that when you register into uni, they say like, oh, these are this is a list of what black students study. Yeah. <laughs> this is a list of what Asians study. This is a list of what white people study. I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, you didn't, didn't know get that, that. I'm like, I didn't <laughs> know. <told> you. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a book where like, you know, like I there didn't read this book website. where that tells me like, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to study as a black person. And because mm-hmm. like, it's one of those things where you just, that's when I slowly started to realize like, oh, wow, my blackness is, is a bit of a, like, you look at it as a, Blessing and a problem at the same time. Yeah. Because like it wasn't until like one of my um one of my cousins once who I don't know what we we're talking about. And like he was like, if I were to go back to heaven and ask God, like <laughs> and God be like, What would you want to go back as? I'll go I'll choose to go back as what? Because really? that's when you realize like, oh wow, like, you know, it's been like a really hard yeah. struggle. If I could choose my race, I would still be black. Yeah. <laughs> But then that's the thing. Like, I feel like after, <laughs> after being black, yeah, and just all the things that you guys have been black, mm. it's just it's a lit being black, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you if like, if you could come yeah. back, you'd be black. But for most yeah. people, if you could choose your race before even being born, after like seeing all the struggles, uh, most people would pick white. Yeah, mm. exactly. That's the thing. Like, if you see what you're what you're going to experience as a black person, I personally wouldn't have chosen that because mm. I'm, well, no one like, wants to just go into struggle for like, the reason. yeah i'm exactly. like why should i be going into a world where i'm going to struggle because of my skin shade like exactly. what does that have anything to do with 
who I am as a person. Look, at the end of the day, man, it's a lit being black. It you're is. missing out if you're not. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's again, lit being millennials and being from the whole um cultural <laughs> perspective as well. Like again, you see a lot of people. Like let's be honest, we do see like you know quite a lot of people like black people in Australia who are like shifting away from their culture and are like you know. They like losing touch with that culture side of things, and again, that's one of the things that a lot of people use to ostracize them. It's like you know, uh, you know, they're too white, da da da. They don't, but then they don't realize that they're doing a lot more harm than good because yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you've seen someone who is like losing touch with their culture. Mm-hmm. Instead of you could bring them, them in, yeah, yeah, instead of helping, so them they can like, outcasting. Them. Instead, now guess what? They're not going to have any interest in like wanting exactly. to be around that culture, and that's and they're going to be shy. Problem. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. I think I have been losing touch with my culture and my language and stuff like that and um like i'd I'd have people in my community make fun of like how i spoke the language and mm. when i'd attempt to do the dances and stuff and because of that it would make me not want to do just, it because yeah. i didn't want to embarrass I myself and so more and more i've just yeah. like t- drifted away because i didn't want to embarrass myself and make a fool of myself when i tried to speak mm. the language and do mm. the traditional dances and those yeah things. exactly like that like traditional dances as well comes to that like Oh, I rather dance like a white person so that I don't make Do you look two step? <laughs> so, so that I don't embarrass myself around my own black people. But then like you want to fit in because those are your people. But then everyone wants to belong, man. Yeah. But like you, you want to feel like you belong because you are fully black. But then if your own people are not accepting you, that sense of belonging becomes lost. And you know, um in early childhood some sort of Treaty, I forgot what act it is. Eight, two, six, whatever. I don't no know. one is going to check do it love. out. Don't no, worry. Don't you can it. mention any numbers. Like, they'll just take them. I don't just do, make it up. I, don't do love. <laughs> I do policy <laughs> stuff. I mean, but like, you know, um, it says every child has the right of belonging. Every child has this right to feel like they belong, to belong to something. And, you know, like what I was saying before is like, as black people to move forward, we need to stop making our own other black people feel like outcasts just because they have something that makes them a little bit different to us. And that's like, Like different different is good. Exactly. Different is unique. Like I've seen like, I'm I'm not trying to criticize um, Zimbabwean people of uh, the Canberra community. And if she does go cancel Daisy, not the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Your opinions do not reflect the opinions of the podcast. You can cancel me at Daisy Matsika on Instagram, guys. Um, <laughs> come at me. But, like, you know, like, they like drinking. Like, most of, like, mm. the Zimbabwean people that I know, like, a.k.a. my favorite human being, my brother, um, they love drinking, they love partying, dancing. Like, that's just them. And I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why I don't feel like I fit yeah. in within them is because... I can't party every weekend and drink every weekend. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. thank you. I can't do that. I don't feel comfortable. I don't, it's not me. I'll feel like if I start doing that, I'm doing that to fit in with them. Not because yeah. that's me. No, that's facts. But um, yeah. we've been talking for a long time. So let's wrap this up real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like we said. It's, been, it's, it's the, been a good topic. At the end of the day. Yeah. Like, Still a lot more we could say. There is yeah. so much more that we can say. There's so much that we can like, get out of this. But um, yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, man, like we, black people, we need to do better. White people, stop being ignorant. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's yeah. Like, literally just comes down to that. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Stand <laughs> with your own people. <laughs> Come on, guys. Do we need to? <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you guys so much for jumping on the podcast with me. Like, It's been a great chat. Thank you um, for having us.
Destin, I've been talking to you. You're going to come on whether you like it or not. It's by force. <laughs> by five, by force, you'll be back. <laughs> but yeah, no, before we go, like, do you guys have anything that you want to plug? Daisy, I know you're, like, you've got a few things that you do, so you want to talk to the people about that? Oh, um, well. <laughs> first of all, where can they find you? Oh, first of all, you can find me on Instagram at Daisy Matsika. Um, everything is Daisy Matsika. LinkedIn, Facebook, everything is just Daisy Matsika. Um, the influ- or the Influencers Network, which is my program I do to support my Canberra community or communities in general, um, just connecting each other to opportunities and supporting each other as we grow into entrepreneurship, leadership roles, um, make change into the world. Um and I have a series where I do interviews with business people and just find out how they do it and how they, they've they made their business as, like, millennials as well. It's millennial-focused, not adult-focused. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, Where are they going to find that? Oh, What's they can called? find – just find it on my Instagram, um, everything – all the links are on my Instagram. Right, well, if you just got on Daisy Matika, <laughs> all the links are in my bio. There you um, go, guys. You have that. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, and then I do politics. I'm looking forward to the 17th of October. Voting day. We have an election coming Register up. Register yes. to vote, people. Yeah, um, guys, go vote. Go um, vote. I really don't like when people don't vote. Register like, political to vote. political science major in me, but like, I, when I hear people in their reasons as to why they don't vote, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. Mm, like, no, I, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, you guys heard it. Go vote. Friska, <laughs> where can we find you? So you can find me on all social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera, Prisco, Ochan. Um, in terms of plugging projects, I do have a little project going on right now, the Corporate Memo. That's just a little pet project I've started about navigating and surviving the corporate world. I think that um, it's got a particular focus on being black in corporate Australia particularly. Yeah. Um, i got a lot of good things. I've got planned for that, so definitely check that out. Thank you. Awesome, well, awesome. It looks good, by the way, guys. I'm just, like, looking at it right now. Um, <laughs> it's something that you definitely want to just check out because it's all about networking as well. Like, Do people pay you to just promote them? I'm a queen. I'm a queen of, like, oh, and, yeah, people do pay me to promote. Like, you know my Instagram. <laughs> How like, much did you pay her preschool? Um, people do pay me to no, promote stuff. No, this is free stuff. promo. <laughs> <laughs> These are free plugs, okay? Um, but normally these people do pay. I, I just, if any of my sponsors are listening to this, um, you still have to pay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, but it looks good, guys. Like networking. It's going to be even That's better. One of the I've, been bit, that I really I've been a bit love. lazy with it so far, but it's it's going to be great. It you looks good. Cool. Follow me <laughs> at corporate.memo. Yeah. And Tessin, look, I don't even know why I keep asking you, man. This guy's not on social media. <laughs> Um, what do you do with your time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what century are you in, sir? <laughs> you must have yeah, started yeah, so much yeah. free time. Um, <laughs> wow. Nah. What do you do with your free time? Nah, man, 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 man is a bit busy in that, but don't worry. I'm, I will be on and I'll plug something eventually, but just One not day. today, but yeah. You've been, you've been saying that since the podcast started. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If you need, if you need, if you need, if you need to contact me. Don't worry about <laughs> Don't worry about Look, if, if you're that, if you're, if, Yeah, if you if you contact me, feel free. Um, Facebook Messenger or some shit, man. Um, <laughs> what, what's, what's your Facebook one day, Don't worry, I'll be. Just, just drop your phone number. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, just <laughs> your, your address, right, phone right, number. Right address. 
Wait, yeah, no worries. <laughs> is, is he from Canberra? No. He's in no, 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 I'm in Sydney. I'm in Sydney. He wouldn't survive in Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what do you mean? That place is boring down there. Nothing happens down there. What the hell? Yeah. Anyways, guys, <laughs> as always, it's been the Bias Reality Podcast. You know where to find us Instagram, <laughs> Bias Reality underscore, and the website, BiasStudios.com. Listen to the, web, um, to the podcast. Share with your friends. Share with everybody. Leave reviews. And yeah, catch you next week. Later. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> <laughs>